Previously on the Division Three's Finest Podcast. Taysom Hill, I'm telling you guys right now, will be a great NFL quarterback if he steps in in New Orleans. Next Peyton Manning, Taysom Hill. What? No. Well, I understand you've moved on to the uh, personal training game. Uh, so, like, what are the best kind of steroids that I could get? That's a good question, man. <laughs> uh, you took Sprite Cranberry you took, over. You took Mr. Pib over Dr. Pepper. I'd rather drink my own piss than cranberries. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fear the mellow ball at all, and then, uh, like, those guys, they're always, they're like, they're half asleep all the time. I think what Shub yeah. is I try and ask is, do you, do you not have dragons? Yeah, and they I feel like really good. I'm I know. <laughs> this, is, this is the most energetic I've seen you all day, honestly. So, Maya, what do you do now? Yeah, I, I work Jacob. Uh, I'm a professional now, big uh, professional guy. Episode 72 of the Division 3's Finest Podcast, coming up next. What's up, guys? Episode 72 of the Division 3's Finest Podcast. How are we all doing? I'm good, man. Uh, just, again, happy to be here. Happy Tuesday to you all. We made it through another week. Um, hopefully getting to, I don't know, not the end of things, but it sounds like Quarantine things are going to be kind of taking a turn here at the beginning of May. So we're starting to slowly get back to normal life, it sounds like. We'll, we'll see how it goes. I'm pumped. For sure. And before we get started with our interview in Fantasy BS with Hobie Harris, we do have a couple short announcements real quick. But like always, we do have you know an incredibly special and talented right. recurring guest joining us, like always. Yes. Not always. He's missed three or four episodes but three. andrew gillian my friend and co-host would you like the honors got, of introducing him real quick yeah he got he got that mad when he thought it was only two so it was just like a he just replaced the audio and just used said three instead <laughs> um but that is our friend our co our, our reoccurring guest uh the bald coach jacob schubert how are you doing over there uh, i'm doing great it's draft week and you almost said co-host so, which means i'm a co-host I don't think so. I think I was saying coach. And I no, just yeah, he's a coach. He's a coach. Coach. We always got to represent all the... Yeah, yeah, it wasn't close. He, he called you a coach, Chew, but nice try there. Uh, okay. Almost got well, away I'm, I'm thrilled. It's draft week. Sports are actually cut back some in some way, some form. So, I'm happy. Uh, you just mean the draft? Yeah. The draft oh, stack, well, the last dance, which I still haven't watched, is, is, is on. What? I'm saving it for a good time. Shub, you're a professional sports podcaster. You got to be on top of this stuff. I almost we said. My thing is. We'll bleep that out. I think. What, what do you have going on that's so inconvenient? Like been, you just don't have time. I've been doing. Things. I've been doing stuff around the house. It's I've been for. I've been preparing for the podcast. Like, like I'm trying to make sure I can sit down and watch the whole entire thing without being interrupted. So that's, that's why I haven't watched it, but I'm going to. Let's not forget that I'm going to watch it. Yeah, all right. Okay. Kind of a big week for the sports world. We got Gronk that going to Tampa Bay. That's big. Oh. And we got draft week. And then the last that's dance huge. that Shub hasn't watched, but obviously, you know, really good and maybe something we could potentially talk about on the podcast later. So, you know, mm-hmm. definitely some yeah, topics to talk about. Good, well, I mean, on my ranking, right, exactly. I give a shit about this week. We'll Draft that out. is one, Gronk going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is two, and the last dance is three. So, okay. in that order. 
See, but that doesn't... I can give you the Gronk thing now that it's come out, but, like, the last dance came out on Sunday. So from Sunday and Monday and the majority of Tuesday, what what were you waiting on? You're quarantined. I mean, first off, I'm... Listen, I'm excited for sports to be back with the last dance and the draft. Doesn't sound like it. But like, it doesn't sound like it. I wasn't as like, oh my god, the last dance, Michael Jordan, like as everyone else was. Like, okay, like, yeah, I have ESPN Plus. I'll watch it on my own okay. time. They like, don't, well, sure. don't tell me. Yeah, no, ESPN, can, no. ESPN cannot tell me when I can watch this. Shoot, no, I hear you. Like, I, I get that part, but then for you to say that you miss sports just as much as the rest of us, I have to disagree with that since you didn't sit down and watch it with the rest of us on Sunday night. I mean, I can just sit down and watch it when I on my own time instead of when I have free time instead of you do it, doing it Sunday when I'm actually busy. Well, you're missing my point though. Like, if you really didn't miss it, you'd watch it as soon as you could, not wait when it conveniences I mean, you. Listen, that's I all I'm saying. saying. That's all. I no, think that's all I'm leaving. Listen, no, 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 that's no, all no, I'm I saying. Think, some sports, I think what we some have sports here is a case of, you are. I mean, I think we just have to agree to disagree. To be honest, I mean that's fine. I'm right, but we can do that. But okay, you've, you've been talking about all this time you're busy, so this was released Sunday at 9 o'clock. What were you so busy? You're mowing the lawn at 9? That's what I'm saying. Thank you, Ben. Got your back, bro. He's, he's talking like a good time. Like listen, That's my co-host. Oh, uh, listen, I'm, I'm listen, so busy. Like, I got listen, all this listen, stuff listen, going listen, around listen, the listen. house. I am a celebrity in this town. All right? Oh, celebrity. Quarantine is rough. All right. Oh my god! So I have to. Be what good is a celebrity? Shelter at home. You gotta stay at home. Not, not Who cares if you're a celebrity? Um, but like I'm just busy all the time. Okay. Yeah, busy streaming all to right. the Twitch world. So not a sports <laughs> exposed on this day, 4:21. Jacob Schubert exposed, not sports fan. For sure. And I, I think that's pretty much all we have for announcements. Sports are back. Schubert's a fraud. News of the week. Oh, oh no 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 no. no. What? Hold on, hold on. Can we, we use the fraud word? Draft, the the F draft, word? The mock draft being an absolute disaster. What do you mean? So the NFL had like a mock draft. I sent a, literally a link to you guys. The NFL had like a mock draft, uh, I think it might have been Monday at like 2 p.m. Literally, like they I had their draft. Link. And the Bengals couldn't get their pick in. Like it was a disaster. This is a disaster. <laughs> I, we've, we've heard reports that, the, I did not hear that we've heard reports that the online draft is gonna or yeah the online draft's gonna be a disaster. I mean we'll see. I think the expectations are so low that you know even if it goes okay that it's a win for the NFL. It seems like they're just yeah, trying to yeah. set the bar so low that you know it it can't be get any worse than that really. Maybe maybe a little mix up here and there would be good for for the ratings. A little controversy con- controversy. Plus, Goodell can't get booed, so I'm sure he's pumped up about that. Uh, that's, he can. that's a win for him. He's won't be live. Zach, yeah, you you won't see it. So. Yeah, you, won't hear it. you just hear a chorus of boos coming from the suburbs of America. I will say, if, it's like, like how they all come out and cheer for the doctors. You know, like every day, like you've seen those videos, people coming out and cheering for the doctors. You're just gonna have everybody come out and boo Goodell. I got the same time on the neighborhood streets. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be some wild Zoom draft parties of people watching it together and booing Goodell in Houston. <laughs> I'm sure you can you can find the boos if you look hard enough. I'm sure you'll be yeah, able to find that because it's probably not a good time for him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's he's still Col- Col- have a draft pick in the first round, so I'm not gonna be mad until day two. He's busy. Does Andrew with- Luck come out of retirement and go to the Patriots? I mean, listen, if Gron- if Gronk can come out of retirement, anything's possible here. So. Wouldn't that be heartbreaking, well, though? Goes, if Andrew Luck comes out of retirement, we've already the Colts have already said they're not trading him or anything, so I'm not worried about it. 
Uh, I guess that's fair. Okay. I, I didn't quite take that little. That's a little tidbit of info I didn't take into account that the Colts have to actually trade him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I just don't get like if you're the Patriots, like you don't have to trade Gronk. Just don't do it. Like literally, well, just don't do it. Well, then he doesn't come back, and they don't get anything out of him. Oh, now mean, they got to pick. I guess. Right. I yeah. Guess Belichick's looking like, at it. He he gets that an asset. Like, I mean, I don't know. I just like if you're like. Yeah, we know. <laughs> No, I'm just saying, like, if you're if if girl comes to you and goes, all right, I want to be, I want to go to the Buccaneers. Like, okay, we'll trade you to the Chargers. How about that? And you trade him the Chargers, and then he doesn't play. Like, no, because the well, Chargers would never take the deal. Yeah, why would the Chargers want him if he's not going to play? I guess, for them? I guess, I guess, I just think, like, I just, like, I heard, like, I saw rumors of Gronk wanting to come back, and I'm just like, okay, like, he wants to come back, congrats. Like, I just don't get why teams do that. Like, why they like, just give it? But I, mean, I get it. You get a fourth round pick, but. Where you were getting nothing before. Not every late-round pick. And you lose his contract. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess. But had one more year left. So there's, like, there's a couple. There's, like, a few reasons there to trade him. It's not like they have to pay anyone else on the team anymore. So there's no one left. It's just those two <laughs> players. Got, Everyone's still shoes. there. That's your, that, you got it. They're ready, right, right. They're ready <laughs> But, hey, I'm sure your logic your logic makes more sense than Bill Belichick. He hasn't won any Super Bowls. So, you know, that makes sense. It makes sense. I listen. I haven't won any yet. Just said. Yet. Okay. You gonna win a Super <laughs> Bowl in the league. XFL? That's after watching your after watching your highlight or your 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 draft film, you have all the intangibles to be a great quarterback in this league. Exactly. Better GM too. Hey, <laughs> Jake, Coach Jacob the Ball Trooper is built different. You can quote that. Built different. Well, different. All right, so I think that's all we got for shout-outs and announcements. Shoot, I didn't mean to come at you like that, but I have to sometimes. Uh, but now we can get into uh, the fun parts of the interview or the episode. We got an interview with Toronto Blue Jays uh, minor leaguer and Pitt baseball alumni, Hobie Harris. Ben, air horn, please. A few moments later. <laughs> Now joining us on the podcast, this is his first appearance on the show. He's a minor league pitcher for the Toronto Blue Jays, and he's also our third guest affiliated with Pitt Baseball that's appeared on the podcast in the last month. So I think it's safe to say uh, it's just a matter of time before we're the official podcast of Pitt Baseball. But uh, Hobie Harris, first question, uh, how's quarantine life going for you? And, you know, when can we get Vlad Guerrero Jr. on the podcast? You say Vlad Jr.? Yeah. 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 You think you could could set us up with him, getting him on the show and stuff? Well, he's. I guess I'm already on his good side because when I was with the Yankees and I pitched against him, he he hit my face on the scoreboard. So I think he's a fan of mine. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. So I'm sure, so I'm you sure can I could. Slide, uh, you I can slide in a good word for us. Absolutely, I could. I could throw a good word out his way and see what happens. <laughs> Sounds good. But uh, how's quarantine life going for you? Man, it's it's all right. I definitely never complain being at home in Texas. Um, Especially this time of year, it's beautiful weather. Obviously, it's it's a little bit of uncharted territory for me, just because uh, for the past five years now, I've been early on in the season, been ready for some long road trips and ready to start kind of chugging through the minor league season. But you know, I kind of for right now, just like to take it for what it's worth, stay where my feet are, keep keep my arm active, uh, try to be as active as I can, doing my my training regimen and things like that, and you know, just. Just wait until the time that I get the call to say we're going back to play again. Yeah, so we can, uh, glad you're doing well. Yeah, I can definitely, I feel like that's kind of everybody's a shake-up from the, the normal. Like you said, you're normally gearing up for, for the season around this time or, you know, kick, getting right. into full swing of things. Um, 
so we kind of touched on it, but the name of our podcast, Division Three's Finest, uh, kind of came from obviously we played Division Three baseball. Um, so I mean, <laughs> more so mostly playing for like the love of the game, you know, just trying to play as long as we can and just and just ride it out. And, mm-hmm. and while you, um, you know, you played at Pitt, so maybe not the same situation with us, but I'm sure that drive was still there. Um, so do you mind just? Um, talking about that a little bit and just kind of what drives your passion for baseball? Absolutely. Well, to kind of go off your point, you know, um, for me it's always been a love of the game thing, and I really didn't know until my sophomore year junior college that I would have a chance to go and play at the Division One level and ultimately get to um, play professionally. Uh, my junior year, I didn't get to play very much due to um, – a little bit of an arm issue that I was I was fighting uh, between baseball and football, and going into my senior year, not having much varsity experience under my belt. Um, the way I looked at it, you know, I wasn't going out and trying to get recruited. I wasn't trying to kind of show off for anybody. I just thought this may be end of road for me, and I'm really going to do what I can to, to get the most out of it. Um, and you know, luckily I I opened some eyes, uh, had a connection to local yeah. junior college that I ended up playing at, and then from there, you know, I just I stuck with. Uh, the same kind of approach to not really worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow, but rather uh, make the best of today, know that I'm lucky that I get to play the game that I love, and we'll see how far I can ride it. So that's kind of been my attitude since I was about 16 years old, and luckily, you know, it's just, it's gotten me this far, so we're going to see how long we can keep doing it. Uh, yeah, so you kind of mentioned that too at the be- at the beginning when we asked you about quarantine life. You mentioned, I think, what you said was just be where your feet are. Is that just kind of an yeah. attitude you, you take, like, to your... I mean, you just mentioned it. So I guess you mentioned it both, you know, in your personal life and your and your baseball life. Is that just something you think is kind of that kind of attitude, just kind of how you are as a person helped you, you know, kind of get to where you're at today? Absolutely. Uh, I think I've been wired kind of like that my whole life. I just kind of, I like to make the best of the moment. And um, I feel like if you spend too much time focusing on what's going to happen or dwell on what has already happened, you're taking yourself away from the opportunities you have in front of you, uh, whether it's spending time with my family, getting in the weight room to train or getting to play ball. Um, you know, I feel like I'm only doing myself a disservice if I, if I'm anywhere else, but you know, exactly where my feet are staying in that moment, taking advantage of that opportunity. Yeah. So, you know, in an article we found online, you know, we're top level researchers here at the division three finest podcast, no big deal. Uh, but we saw you describe, yeah, so we describe your uh, pitching Thank style. You. That's aggressive. Kind of like my co-host, Andrew right. Gillen. He had an aggressive pitching style as well. Um, you like to play to your strengths instead of looking for your hitter's weaknesses. Uh, could you elaborate yes. on that? And is that pitching mindset tougher to implement now that the balls have been juiced uh, for the last couple of years? Um, so as far as an aggressive pitch style, the reason I describe it that way is just because, like you mentioned, uh, like the article said, I really – I don't put too much stake into what the hitters may be good at. Obviously, I, I, if I'm facing a strong a strong bat like a Vlad Jr. or uh, I face guys like Pete Alonso um, and uh, Keston here and these other guys when I played in the fall league a couple of years ago, um, I know what their strengths are. I know they've got juice, and I know that you know if I miss over the plate, I'm going to pay for it. But more beyond that, I just I kind of stick with what I'm comfortable with. I like use my fastball up in the zone, especially late in the count. I like to keep guys uh, on their toes as far as being able to add, subtract uh, between my breaking pitch, my splitter, and my fastball. And 
honestly just try to give myself the best opportunity for them to get themselves out. Um, I, I obviously, like any other pitcher would, I, I love going for punch outs. That's kind of what we live for, especially in this day and age. You, you want guys who throw really hard and guys who strike a lot of guys out. Um, but to me, that's just kind of an added bonus. Um, as long as I can be competitive, stay down in the zone, elevate when I need to, and then, uh, you know, give myself a chance to compete and, and stay away from too many walks, then I feel like that kind of plays towards that aggressive pitch style I talked about. And then to your question about the juice balls, um, not, not really something I've, I've been concerned with too much. And it's actually this year was the first year I played um, in a game-type setting with the big league balls just because last year during spring training I went down with an oblique injury, and this year was the first year I got some, uh, some big league action uh, during spring training or the abbreviated spring training. But, uh, yeah. I like how they're, I like how they're a little tighter wound. I feel like I can kind of turn and burn on it a little bit better. But, again, not, not something I'm terribly concerned with. As long as I do my job, I feel like I'll give myself a chance to, to compete and be successful. And we've heard from another um, interview earlier on the podcast that he confirmed that he thinks the balls are juiced for sure because so he confirmed that, like, when the major leaguer was you know rehabbing that they switched out the balls and had a major league ball and the balls just jumping off the bat do you think the balls are juiced for sure so from my understanding and i by no means am a master scientist of the anatomy of a baseball sure uh, just, just, from, just going from one to the other from throwing a minor league ball uh to throw in the big league ball the laces are lower and it feels like it's it's wound a little bit tighter um so from as a pitcher from a pitching perspective i think there's one big one big positive and then one one negative uh with the ball being wound that way yeah. and the positive is being it's a little bit tighter wound uh you can you can elevate the spin rate on a little bit more if you get that true backspin on it allowing you to uh have better spin efficiency and and possibly throw a little bit harder uh, oh, yeah. And then on the back end, uh, on the negative side, in order for you to spin it, uh, for those big curveball guys, those hard slider guys, you've got to really rip that thing down to get the spin you want. Because with a, with a little bit higher seam in the minor leagues, it's easier to get that, that spin uh, on oh, the yeah. breaking pitches. So. The, the, yeah, the big seams were always – you had to find the balls with the big, with, with the big seams. Those were key. Absolutely. No doubt. <clears throat> yeah, so let's talk about your career – pit a little bit uh you spent two years okay. there after transferring from paris junior college shout out front of the program uh you have a solid Love junior that. year you have a solid junior year but struggle a little bit your senior year with a higher era um just tell us a little right. bit about your time at pit and the uncertainty level after graduating and then going through the draft process after that absolutely so um getting the call to go and visit pit was a pretty cool experience for me number one uh, my roommate at junior college had already signed uh, his name's Matt Johnson to be the shortstop of the pit, so he he was already headed up there. Uh, they were it would be their inaugural year in the ACC, so I was I I got to spend the first year in the ACC with Pitt, and then unrelated note and ironic that the the coaches and the recruiter had no idea whenever they called me was both my parents graduated from Pitt. Oh, wow. So they're they're both hey, yeah cool. they're both from grew, grew up in outside of Harrisburg. And uh, okay. they moved down here to Texas right before I was born for my dad's job. But uh, I went up there, cool. had a cool visit, um, watched them play. It was a 
it wasn't a conference weekend. It was a Sunday against, I believe, Toledo. And okay. the team looked pretty good. Um, the visit overall was fun. To put it in perspective, I went on St. Patrick's Day, so that was pretty. You know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. oh, Lord. <laughs> just a little, just a little bit of a, a glimpse into the future of what Pitt was going to bring to me off the baseball field. Sure, yeah, exactly. But uh, so but no, going into it, you know, I I really didn't have too much of an idea of what my role was going to be. My sophomore year, junior college, I was I was a starter. Um, I started every Saturday, and I was kind of that bubble guy. They had two returning starters. They had um, a pretty highly touted freshman coming in uh, who ended up, ironically, getting drafted in the first round by the Blue Jays. Wow. And I kind of I kind of fell into the role of being either that long relief guy or um, late, late in the game, close game, in conference play. Um, I was one of two guys that would get the call. So got to pitch in some pretty big situations against some – some pretty highly touted teams, which is pretty cool. Um, and then at the end of the year, I look back and my performance, I believe, on top of the fact that I had gotten a little bit of interest from scout, a couple different scouts, they reached out. I thought I may have a chance to, uh, you know, possibly get a call in 2014. Uh, went through the three-day draft process, didn't hear a word, and it was it was a little bit. Uh, or let's put it this way, knocked me down a little bit just because I felt like my confidence was shot. I felt like I earned a, an opportunity to go play at the next level. But going back to what I mentioned earlier, going into my senior year, it was like, you know what, whether I get to go on and keep playing or not, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take advantage of this last year, um, go out and try to enjoy it. And my ear, right, did go up a little bit. Um, I felt like my role was a little bit different. I still got those ladening appearances but they also mixed me in as sort of a spot starter during the midweek games and I was very versatile as far as if they need a guy regardless of the day they could put me in there mm-hmm. um, and I don't know if it was the way I threw my arm action my mechanics projectability whatever it was but I got a little bit more attention my senior year um, and the uh, most of that attention being from the Yankees. Um, so right after senior weekend, I got a call from the area scout for the Northeast region who called and asked me to go to a pre-draft workout in Staten Island uh, toward the end of May, so about two weeks before the draft. And not trying to do too much, not trying to impress anybody, but rather go out and just kind of be who I was. I, I went out, I think I threw two innings in a basically an inter-squad type setting. Um, found a little bit of success. You know, I had a couple guys punch out. Here got up to 93 or 94 miles an hour, which up yeah, until same. I got into pro ball, I, was, I, was, I wasn't throwing nearly as hard. Um, I went back and looked at a video of me throwing my junior year, and it said, I think, 87, 88. Wow. Oh, wow. Which, now, I turn around, I turn around, I'm thinking, well, you wonder why you didn't get drafted your junior year. Why don't you try to throw harder? <laughs> yeah, seriously, that, that's all you were missing. Honestly, you just didn't throw hard. Like you just didn't try hard yeah. enough when you threw. Uh, that, that's probably exactly what it was. So it took me until I was 23 years old to learn that. But you know, better late than never, I guess. Yeah, exactly. But uh, but after that, you know, I uh, third day of the draft, the same scout called me and asked 
how I like to play for the Yankees. And for me, it was I kind of blacked out for a second because it was it was surreal and it was, it was that little kid came out in me, the same kid that started playing the game when he was three years old. And I'm like, I just got asked if I want to play for the New York Yankees. And it's not play professional baseball; it's play professional baseball for arguably the best and most prestigious team in all of sports. And then, oh yeah, I said absolutely. The, I love said- the opportunity. Right. I was just going to say when you said the Yankees were showing the big. What I was going to say when you, you mentioned just as like a side comment, the Yankees were the really the main one showing interest in you, and I was like, oh man, like that must suck. Like <laughs> the Yankees are my biggest <laughs> like my biggest uh, fans right now. It's terrible. Well, and it's funny. It's funny you say that because again, I was born and raised in Texas. I'm the first generation Texan in my family, but um, grew up going to Arlington to the ballpark to watch the Rangers play. Um, uh-huh. You know, I love Michael Young and Pudge Rodriguez are two of my all-time favorite players. And okay. the, w- the way I was raised was to have a strong dislike of the Yankees yeah. because they could go out and buy whoever they wanted, right? If, yeah. If, and, and I was getting I, I ready to help because, Yeah, I saw it firsthand because I was also seven or eight years old when I went to the ballpark with my little league team and it was uh like the first five thousand fans or whatever get a an alex rodriguez t-shirt jersey oh, God. so he we went and watched a rod play and two years later he sold out and went to the yankees and all of a sudden yeah. it all made sense but so my dad have joked, that taste yeah absolutely absolutely and I, my dad joked because well you know you were you were born and raised to hate the yankees because they could go out and buy whoever they wanted and 22 years later, you're on their payroll, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, pay, yeah. yeah I knew. I guess it called comes around. Uh, well, that's pretty. That's... I, I, I guess I, uh, I guess I'm a fan now, or I don't know how yeah, that works. Yeah. But no, that all that, that, that all that cool. stuff you said as a kid, you were just kidding. You didn't mean any of that. Yeah, no, I. Or either that, or they didn't hear it. One of the two. <laughs> there you go. We'll go with the we'll go with the second one. And well, we won't tell them either. Don't worry. Yeah. I love it. And I just have a quick follow-up on your draft process. So you said that you know you had an inner squad or whatever, and you pitched two innings, pitched two pretty good innings. And I'm sorry, this is a stupid question, but were you going against guys in the organization, or were you going against guys that they were kind of looking at? I, I'm the other minor leaguers oh, we've no, had no, on not, the. Sh- sorry. Yeah, so not not a, a dumb question at all. Um, the way that that pre-draft workout worked is basically they brought about 40 or 50 guys in who they had shown interest in that were from that area. Okay. It was in Pennsylvania. It went out to Ohio, uh, New York, and uh, the rest of the Northeast region. Any guys that they, they felt like they wanted a second look at or they, they weren't really sure, they didn't see enough, uh, whether it's at the plate, on the mound, in the field, they brought those guys out. And, you know, they had the position guys run the 60, and they, they had them do throwing, uh, measure their throwing and stuff like that. And as a pitcher, they came down to the bullpen, watched us warm up, and then basically threw us in the game situation. Okay. So uh, the guys I threw against were all – actually, a couple of my threw against ended up getting drafted uh, in the same draft class that I did, which is pretty cool. But they, they were all potential draftees. Gotcha. I was just wondering because, you know, we've had other minor leaguers on the podcast to talk about the draft process, and they really haven't mentioned those pre-draft workouts, if you know, I'm not mistaken. But it's kind of weird if you look at, right. like, professional leagues like – you know, NBA, NBA, MLB, you wonder why they don't just let them go against their own guys and just make the drafting process a lot more accurate and, you know, comparable. But I'm not sure why they don't do that. No, and 
And I think to your point, I believe uh, there are instances where they do okay. follow a structure similar to that. I know over the past couple of years, uh, throughout the course of the season, uh, through May and then into the beginning of June before the draft takes place, if they have guys who are rehabbing or guys who are in extended spring training looking to break uh, and find their way on a team, they'll send some of those guys uh, over the big league facility where they will bring some of those potential draft guys, uh, whether it's just to throw in a sim game or to hit off of you know some minor league pitching or something like that. So right. you're definitely on par with what, what they do. That doesn't happen all the time, but mm-hmm. there are circumstances where, where that will take place. Gotcha. That's good insight. I'm glad we asked that question. And so we know um, this is a this is a while ago for you now, but um, you know you were drafted in 2015 by the Yankees. But uh, last couple of podcasts we've had a couple you know welcome to the league like stories from other minor leaguers. Did you face any of those kind of moments uh, in your first couple of years? Maybe seeing guys like you know you mentioned A Rod moving from Texas. Maybe someone you grew up disliking but was on the Yankees and are facing, you know, top-level guys rehabbing in, like, single A where you're like, you know, this is a whole new level? Right. Um, so a couple a couple memories come to mind. The um, first one being in 2016, I spent a right around a month in extended spring training before I got sent to low A Charleston. And it was at that time that Aroldis Chapman was serving his suspension for – I can't remember exactly what the violation was, but he was in the clubhouse with us. Wow. And I'm, I'm in the same clubhouse, same locker room as he is, and I'm sitting in my locker looking at him, and yeah. I mean, this dude looks he's like... He's a big dude. It looks like he... Oh, he, he's enormous to start with, but he's an animal in the weight room. Um, his upper body looks like a linebacker. His lower body looks like a professional basketball player, and he throws 105 <laughs> miles an hour, so... The dude's got a future in just about fair. anything he wants to do athletically. But just, just that vision of seeing how big this dude is and then watching him throw against these minor league guys was uh, something I'll remember for the rest of my life because yeah, that's guys, like guys, guys don't look like that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and build, then, build print, as they say. Exactly, yeah. And then at the end of my rookie year, uh, playing in the GCL, I was sitting in the clubhouse, and in the span of about two or three minutes, um, Alex Rodriguez, Alfonso Soriano, and Derek Jeter all walked by my locker. And <laughs> oh, hey guys! To say I would to say I was a little bit starstruck might be the the biggest understatement of my entire life. But just for their autograph. I, I, I couldn't even, like, move. I couldn't turn my head to see where they were going. I was just sitting there like, yeah. I just saw three of the, you know, three all-time greats I grew up watching that just walked yeah. right in front of me. But uh, it's, it was little moments like that that kind of put it into perspective, not only the fact that I was grateful to continue playing and, and get to play at the professional level, but, like, that was the New York Yankees, and that was baseball. Right. And it, it, it took a little bit of time for me to process exactly what that meant, but... Every time something little like that happened, it, it made it seem a little more real and a little more. It brought out a little bit more of that little kid, that seven, eight year old yeah. kid, when I had the dream of playing on TV and I'm seeing these guys sure. walk right in front of me. That was pretty neat. That's awesome, yeah. Um, so I can't remember if we talked about it or not. I know me and Ben personally did, but um, you're actually now part of the Toronto Blue Jays um, after they acquired you via the Rule 5 draft. Um, so us being the elite sports podcasters that we are, 
Uh, we obviously know all about the Rule 5 drafts, you know, but okay. for the listeners out there who might not know what it is, uh, do you mind talking mm-hmm. us through that Rule 5 draft a little bit? You know, like, what the heck is Absolutely. it? And uh, what's the process like yeah. for you? So the name Rule 5 draft comes from the fact that you have to play five years professionally before you're eligible. And every professional baseball team has a 40-man roster, meaning at the end of the year they're able to protect or hold on to 40 guys. So they have the 25 guys that are on the active roster, plus they can protect an, an extra 15 guys, meaning they're on the 40-man, they're under contract, and no other team is allowed to come and basically swipe them from that organization. So for me, being that I spent my fifth year um, in 2019 with the Yankees, and they didn't put me on the 40-man roster, I was eligible to basically be redrafted after my fifth year. And it was the beginning of December, December 9th or something like that, I believe. I made, Don't fact-check me on that, but it, it, it was beginning of December. Um, I just finished my warm-up uh, with my strength coach in the weight room, and I was about to get my first set of deadlift in. And I saw my phone ring. It was my agent. And I figured I'd, I'd call him back whenever I was done lifting because typically things him and I talk about aren't necessarily super urgent. They can wait 30 minutes until I'm done lifting. But then I got three consecutive text messages from him. One of them said, call me back. No exaggeration. Three seconds later, said, call me right now. And then the third one said, you're a Blue Jay. And that third one caught my eye. I'm like, I'm a blue. What, what are you talking about? Totally slipped my mind. The draft was happening that day. So I called him. Uh, he said, the, the Blue Jays just acquired you in the, the AAA phase, first round of AAA phase, the Rule 5 draft. Uh, Gil Kim, the head of player development, is going to be calling you shortly. You know, congratulations. Let's, let's get it done with the Blue Jays. And I'm like, yeah. all right, oh, yeah. that, that's, that's cool. Yeah. I hung up. I really didn't understand what was happening. My strength coach and my conditioning coach are standing on the other side of the gym looking at me like, apparently I had this blank look on my face. Yeah. I'm like, well, well I, guess I, guess I'm a, so I guess I'm a Blue Jay now. Were, were there any, like, similar, I guess, any similarities or any, like, big differences, I guess? Because you kind of, the way you explained it, like, it, I think you might have even said it, it was almost like a, or the way the rule's written, it's almost like a redraft. I mean, did, did you right. feel a lot or kind of, I guess, how did you feel with the Yankees? And, like, do you feel like you're getting kind of, like, a fresh start? Like, almost like a, a, a is it almost like a whole new, like, I don't know, quote-unquote draft for you? Yeah, 100%. I think, uh... I'm definitely grateful for the time I had with the Yankees. Um, I grew a lot as a player. I learned a lot uh, mechanically. I learned a lot from a uh, recovery perspective, from you know just about every facet of what goes into being a professional athlete. I felt like I got better being with the Yankees. But on the same side, I feel like I was looking for new opportunity that I wasn't getting with the Yankees. And the past two years I was with them, I spent – I spent two different stints on the DL with an oblique injury, so um, part of it was was self-inflicted. But uh, whenever I got the call, after I was able to kind of process what happened and was able to (laughs) mentally grasp the fact that I'm now with the Blue Jays, I'm with a new organization. You finished your lift, of course. Of of course, absolutely. And it was one of the best lifts I've ever had. you know, no, no correlation there, but definitely one of the best. A little bit of adrenaline have. going. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But, but no, definitely, uh, definitely a fresh start. I was looking forward to getting a new perspective, uh, you know, getting new, a new environment. Um, and I think the biggest thing for me, I'm a big, 
a big advocate of making good first impressions. I was raised like that. I've been like that my whole life. It's the first impression will last that entire relationship with whoever is with. So I was looking forward to obviously going into camp, being prepared physically and being prepared mentally. And then, you know, whenever I got the opportunities to kind of go wide, they, they chose to fit me. I was ready to kind of, for lack of better description, go and ball out. You know, that's, that's how I looked at it. Um, I didn't really have any reserve. I didn't have, I didn't have any any sort of uh, any reason not to go. This would be a good poster. Yeah, for lack of well, a better and, word, go ball out. Yeah, no doubt. And when I got the opportunity to go pitch uh, in the big league game, we t- I, I was in Clearwater pitching against the Phillies, and I was warming up. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, dude, this is you know this is your chance to go out and kind of prove what you're worth. You know, part of my part of my brain said, don't mess it up, and the other part was like, dude, just go have fun. And when I towed the rubber and I saw the first hitter, it's the first time in years that I had just felt this overwhelming sense of calm. And, like, I I was exactly where I was supposed to be. I didn't put any more pressure on myself. I didn't feel any external pressure. I just went out and threw and uh, went three up, three down with a fly out to right and two punch outs. And I got off off the field. I I felt like that fresh start that I I was just really looking for and the opportunity yeah. for me to, to, sh- to show my worth to somebody that would that would be able to utilize it and, yeah. and help me grow as, as a player I got that opportunity and and that was that was a great feeling and just two follow-up questions on that um, you mentioned that you, you forgot that the rule five draft was that day but was that kind of on your radar that you might be switching teams soon and the second question kind of a lighter question but you know, you said you continued your workout, you finished your lift, it was one of your best lifts ever, but what are you and your strength coach talking about? Like, you just switched teams, like, what, what's that conversation like? So, to the first question, I didn't really have much of a, much of an expectation okay. as to having the opportunity to go play somewhere else. Uh, there was definitely a piece of me that was hoping for that, that fresh start, like I, I referred to earlier, there was part of me that was thinking, you know, all you need is one team to come and say they want you, and right. you're going to be able to go out and do what you do. Yeah. But it by no means was me saying, you know, like mark on the calendar today's the day. 2019 is one of them was going to pick me. Like it's it's got to be somebody. Mm-hmm. It was nothing like that. It was more of a hopeful for the opportunity. If it happens, I'm grateful for it. But right. You know, it's just kind of, it's a wait and see kind of thing. Okay. And then after that happened, uh, we're in the weight room and. For being completely honest, just about every set I finished, we we have three or four different blocks we go through. First one's the heavy lifts or the the, the big lifts, then we do on Thursdays we were doing deadlifts. So I believe I did four sets of four sets of three or four sets of four. So it was pretty heavy and I was feeling good. But after every set, I put the weight down. My strength coach he he always gives me some sort of a cue as far as if my form looked good and you know if there's anything I need to adjust. But after every set, he just kind of was shaking his head, was looking fired up, and I looked at him, I go, dude, I'm a Blue Jay. I turn around, walk back to the, the chalk rack, or the, the chalk stand, put some more chalk in my hand, take a deep breath, wait for my my minute and a half rest interval, go back to the bar, deep breath, rep out the three or four reps, I look at him again, I'm like, dude, I'm a Blue Jay. And I think I was doing it because I'm trying to convince myself that it actually happened, but uh, the conversation wasn't in much detail. It was just me trying to mentally cope with the fact that that just became a reality right that's interesting 
Yeah, so the last couple of questions here before rapid fire and fantasy BS. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, for you and everyone in the sports world, all leagues have either been canceled or delayed due to the coronavirus. Uh, but personally yep. for you, what's your mentality been like? How are you staying ready for a potential comeback? And what are some of your thoughts of some potential of some of the proposals of like robot umpires or a potential three-state league, you know, especially with one state being your home state of Texas? Yep. Well, the, the biggest way I've been attacking each day is kind of trying to mimic what my schedule would look like in a normal day during the minor league season. So whether it's the intensity of my throwing program, what my, my training regimen looks like, my recovery, my activation, all those different things. I try to every two days or every three days out of the pen during the, during the regular season. Um, and then I'm also, I have a really good relationship with one of our uh, mental conditioning coaches with the, with the Blue Jays, and we touch base weekly, and we kind of put together weekly plans and weekly goals as far as things that I want to accomplish uh, physically, so making sure I stay in shape, make sure my arm feels good, make sure mechanically everything feels smooth, and then just from the mental side, making sure that I'm able to put in a sufficient workload that keeps me ready to the point, if I were to get a call tomorrow saying we're going to start in two weeks, I'd be ready to go, but not so much to the point where I'm burning myself out just waiting for the call that I'm not getting. Right. Um, so being able to find that happy medium between getting my work in and going, going full bore and getting it done without feeling like I'm almost fighting for a goal that has no end in sight because we don't really know anything. And then as far as the proposals are concerned, you know, I, I try to stay away from what's being said regardless of how credible a source is just because, you know, when my phone rings and, and they say it's time to get started again and I'll be ready for it. And it, it just going back to what I mentioned early on, trying to keep myself in the moment and allowing myself, regardless of the circumstance, you know, I'm throwing into a net, throwing with some of the local high school kids that are catching me, I, uh, I'm trying to make sure that I can, I can find the best way for me to be productive today so whenever I do get that call uh, or whenever I do get any information, things are going to kick back up, I'll be ready to go. And I don't know if I answered the question quite like you asked it, but it's more no, of a... I mean, yeah, you're just not, you're not dealing, you're not into the hypotheticals. You're just doing what you, it's like you said, we said at the right. top, kind of just... Right. Where your feet are at, you're doing what you can every day, right, and right. as soon as that call's ready, whether it's with robot umpires or not, you'll be ready. Right, right. But on the same side, um, you know, if if us playing a, a three-state league leads to us being able to get on the field quicker, then I'm all about it. Um, sure. Yeah, that's been the attitude we've gotten. We've, we've asked that similar question. I think what yeah. last week we had something about... Uh, the players sitting in the stands. I still think that one might have been made up, but they were still all about it. It was the same answer, just whatever can get baseball back yeah. faster. And I think, I mean, as a as a general public, I mean, baseball being America's pastime, everybody misses it. And I hear it a lot more from people that I interact with because they know that I'm directly involved and I play baseball. But if we're getting this this feeling and this vibe from the general public that we need baseball back now, Imagine how much that is blown up for the players that are directly involved. How much, right. oh, how yeah. much more we want it than the general public. If they want it so bad, we must really, really be missing it because, I mean, this is yeah, it's, beyond being our livelihood. This is this is this is what it like. This is what we've lived for our entire life. This is what we have worked for. And, yeah, you know, whatever whatever gets it back is the quickest. I'm about. 
Right, and I saw this proposal online. I think it's a soccer league in Denmark that they're planning on. So no fans in the stands, but they'll have like a drive-by. Like they'll have fans in the parking lot, like watching it on a big screen. I don't know how that's too different than having it on TV. Maybe you'll hear them in the background, like if it's like a right. really like loud roar. But theater. Yeah, I don't think that'll happen in, in the big leagues. But yeah, it was just an interesting idea yeah. I saw online. Clearly, yeah, there, are, there, there are a bunch of interesting takes and a bunch of interesting ideas, um, especially outside of those that are really credible and those you hear about on ESPN or MLB Network. People do just about anything they have to do to be able to get their sports back, especially right. baseball. So yeah. it, those are entertaining to look at. Yeah, for sure. And uh, so last question we had before we get into some rapid fire. Um, so this is the Division Three Science Podcast. So whenever we have guests on from the D3 world, uh, we like – having them tell their best D3 stories. Now, you played D1 at Pitt, right. but we're hoping from some right. of your JUCO days at Paris Junior College, you know, shout out friends of the program, that you might have a funny story or two for us. Does anything come to mind when thinking about any of those crazy JUCO stories, maybe something that happened to you that, you know, you could never imagine happening at Pitt or the pro level? So the first story that comes to mind, um, it was the last day before we moved out my sophomore year. So I was about done on campus. We just got back. We got knocked out after playing a 14-inning knockdown dragout game against Navarro, who ended up going to uh, playing Grand Junction that year. And I mean, it's, it's it's a last hurrah with all these guys. And when I came in, I think they brought back three three returning guys from the year before, so they completely cleared house. And my freshman year, we had like 25 guys. So being to play, being able to live together, play together for two years, it was kind of special for me because you don't to get created in four years with guys that are my age. So the entire team, we get back, everybody's just about packed up and he said, you know what, let's we're gonna get a couple cases of beer, we're gonna go down to the go down to the ball field. And before we did, after my roommate and I finished putting all our stuff in bags and boxes, throughout the course of the year we had had a bunch of guys sign our wall in Sharpie. And to put in perspective what these dorms look like. Think of cinder block walls that are just a little bit better than a jail cell. It's about 10 by 12. Okay. So something like that. Yeah. Uh, we may do, but, you know, it was by no means we weren't living lavish by any means. Yeah, tough times. So Great. we went to Home Depot and we, we, got, uh, we got some spray paint, some white spray paint to paint over these signatures because we didn't want to get banged to a fine for having guys right all over our walls. Right. And... My roommate and I are spraying, and we get about halfway done when we realize the entire room is just, like, super cloudy to the point where he's on one side and I'm on the other, and we can barely see each other. We don't think much of it. We keep going. We're spraying, and the fire alarm starts going off, and one of the sprinklers kicks on. And we look oh, at each other like, oh, this, <laughs> this ain't really what we're trying to do. Right. So and everybody, everybody uh, we're on one side of the dorm. There's a, a, a common area, and on the other side of the dorm, it was the basketball team. So between the two teams, there were probably about 50, 55 guys. We're all standing out in the parking lot, and we see this gold Toyota Tundra pull around the corner, and we know that's our head coach. And as he pulls up, there are two fire trucks and an ambulance right in front of him pulling into our parking lot because they were about a block down the road. So the firefighters hop out, and we're kind of trying to tell them what happened. And our coach walks right up to me and my roommate, and he goes, Listen, boys, I know you're leaving, but the sun's not even down. You just got the freaking fire department called on you. And we kind of froze. We looked at them. We're like, we want to say it was for better reason, but we were literally just spray painting our walls. 
because uh, we don't want to get fined. Uh, just seriously, don't get fined. The firefighters, the firefighters really didn't say much to us because of how stupid of a call it was for them to come and see what we were doing. <laughs> um, but then we ended up going down to the field, and we were hanging out there for a couple hours. And I guess via noise complaint from the same block, we got the police called on us too. So we had the same group of law enforcement officers called on us twice in one night. Wow. And in a small town like Paris, I mean, it's about 25,000 people, and it's the biggest town within about an hour any way you go. So there's not much going on, and you think people just go out and kind of have a good time and do what we got to do. But yeah, I guess we, we went out on a softer yeah, note than we wanted to. Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> like, good thing we're leaving tomorrow, otherwise we'd we'd be under watch for something. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's tough. You, you picked the best time to do it, I guess. Yeah. And, yeah. Well. And just one follow-up. So you said your mascot was the dragons. Is that right? Correct. Yes. Okay. Cool. So I went to school in Hong Kong actually, and our mascot was the Hong Kong International Dragons. And I, I've never heard a dragon <laughs> mascot anywhere in the states. So that's my first time hearing that. So that's. Uh, small world. I love it. Yeah, love to. Always going to support the dragons. Yeah, brothers. Proud, proud dragon for sure. Oh yeah. Alrighty, so I think that does it for the just the the regular questions. We're going to move into rapid fire. Um, so just going to kind of read off a list of questions. Um, some might call for like a little bit of a longer answer, but for the most part, just looking for you know a quick answer. Some the first thing that comes to your head, stuff like that. Um, so okay. I'm about, so whenever you're ready, I'm about to get started here. Go for it. Alrighty. All right. So one thing on uh, one of our previous interviews we learned uh, about the Angels organization is um, for spring training they test pee levels every day with like a pee stick, I guess, uh, to check yeah. or your hydration levels. Not uh, I say pee levels, hydration yeah, yeah. levels. Um, is that something the Blue Jays do as well? Um, but either way, like if not, what's like kind of one of the more crazy like structural part of things that you have to deal with uh, with the Blue Jays? So we wouldn't do the hydration test or the the pee test every day, but we would do uh, a body comp test every day. And it it basically had to do with body fat percentage, uh, your weight, and then a couple other little little strength exercises. So there was a a forearm deal that you had to do to see what your grip strength was, a vertical jump, and then some flexibility testing. And it wasn't for me so much necessarily being a pitcher, being a bullpen guy, but for the position players, they had to uh, they had to do those tests on a daily basis. Oof. All right. So, uh, when, next question: When were you most nervous during a baseball game? Man, I'm not one to get nervous. Um, just in, just where, where your feet are, one, nice one, in your veins. The one where I'm, I was most aware of my surroundings. Uh, or I, I was, I guess I, I can compare that to pressure, just being able to kind of understand more than just what I'm trying to do on the mound, but what's going on around me. Mm-hmm. My first year, I was in the GCL with the Yankees, um, which is literally starting from the bottom. Like, that's that's step one to... Yeah. Rookie, that's, that's rookie ball, right? Rookie ball, then you got to climb all the way up from there. So I get the call to go across the street to play with the high A team. I guess I had a couple injuries, had a couple long games uh, in the days or the days prior, and they needed somebody to eat up a couple innings out of the bullpen. So I'm getting loose. Everything feels good. The pitching coach comes down, 
tell me if it's really good. I go in the game, and I think I I made a might have blinked twice, and I'm sitting on the bench after giving up four runs. I'm like, what the what the hell just happened? <laughs> and and I think part of it was I, I was. I was so excited to be playing in a real stadium with real fans instead of playing on the backfield. Yeah. But it just, yeah, that, that got to me pretty quick. Well, like you said, it was probably like, you were probably kind of aware of, okay, like I'm taking like, not like the official, you said it was just kind of circumstance, circumstantial, but you know, like you're taking that next step. So I'm sure it was on your mind for sure. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. It was definitely, it was definitely more prevalent than it normally was. Mm-hmm. No, I hear you for sure. Um, all right, next question. So your uh, go-to ice cream flavor? Cookie and cream. Oh, okay. There you go. More of a cookie dough guy, but I'll, I'll give you that one. Um, okay, do so you have me, any crazy baseball superstars? Oh, please do. Let me ask you this. Uh, you said you're in Ohio? Yeah. Yeah. Do they, have, do they sell Blue Bell ice cream in Ohio? Blue Bell. I think Why do I know that like- name? It comes in a gallon. They sell it like the local grocery store. Yes, I I know what you're talking about. Like a big bucket. Yes. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I know what well, you're no, talking it's, about. It's a yep. normal gallon, but it, it's it's a <laughs> brand like right you would now. get like a like a Hagen Dazs or a Ben and Jerry's or something like that. But basically, it's a Texas company, um, and they have a ice cream flavor that is called Cookie Dough Overload, which is. Chocolate chip cookie dough in cookie and cream ice cream. Mm. Oh, sounds phenomenal. <laughs> sounds phenomenal. I know Blue I'll Bell. Check uh, that out. Who did you say that was again? Or no, it's it, it's sorry, it's Cookie Two Step. It's called Cookie Two Step, but it's called Blue Bell. Blue Bell ice cream. Yeah, I know Blue Bell. My brother's yeah. actually a big fan. Uh, he's a big fan of the flavor Christmas cookie. It's like a Snickerdoodle flavor. Huge. Oh yeah. Shout oh out. yeah. I'm familiar. Yeah. Blue Bell, if you ever want to sponsor the podcast, you know we're here. We're yeah, giving you a shout out, out. free shout out I'm, for I'm now. Actually on, shout out. I'm actually on their website right now. They're not in Ohio. They're they're well, they're uh, in uh, like it looks like they creep into like western, like some western counties of Ohio, but not in Columbus. But okay. it might be some. I don't know if it ever ends up close enough. I'll I'll drive a little bit for that. I'm a big ice cream guy. Oh, yeah. I I can throw uh, some into a. Into a cooler and ship it your way if we can get them on the podcast. It's good for everybody involved. Oh wow! Yeah, hey, listen, you don't have to tell us. We're all about it. We'll we'll, <laughs> we'll have to have our people reach out to uh, reach out to uh, Bluebell and see if they can. You know, we'll have our lawyers and whatever. I love um, it. All right, where are we at? Okay, yeah. Do Do you have any crazy baseball superstitions? And if not, what's the weirdest one that you've seen from a teammate? I don't know if it's necessarily a superstition. I'll, I'll call it superstition. I've got to listen to the same song before every game. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Can we it? ask um, what song? Absolutely. So I, I don't know if you're uh, familiar with the band A Day to Remember. Not personally. But I'm sure the listeners do. So they are. Yeah. So A Day to Remember is a hard rock bordering the line of like heavy metal type band. And that's okay. the kind of stuff I listen to in the weight room, and then when I'm getting pumped up to go and uh, playing a game, and they've called a, got a song called "This Is the House the Doubt Built," and okay, great. It, it's got a great instrumental piece in it. Um, the vocals are good, and it's just some of the some of the lyrics uh, I feel like get me fired up and get me going. Um, yeah. And 
whatever it was. The album came out. Yeah, the album came out my senior year of high school. I was in a pretty big hitting slump. Um, I listened to that song, and that night I broke out of the slump, ended up hitting the grand slam, and ever since then it's been my song. There you go. There you go. That's how. I feel like that's how they all start. Yeah, that's how. That's definitely a superstition. That's like textbook. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta. If it worked once, it's gotta work every time, right? Exactly. So, what is something that minor leaguers go through that the average fan wouldn't know about? We spend a lot more time at the field than the public eye perceives. Even, even if they let folks in early uh, to watch batting practice or to tour the facility or whatever, that'll be an hour and a half, two hours before the game starts. So if we have a normal 7-5 first pitch, we'll probably get to the field around noon. And by the time it's all said and done, we probably spend around 10 hours a day at the field uh, when we're at home. And then we're on the road. We spend time, obviously, commuting or those long bus trips. Um, so a lot more time is spent either getting to or spent at the field than, than people think. We had our, our coach uh, Bethany was big was big on that. We were I hear you there. We were we were at the field pretty early some days. Uh, yeah. But all right. Shout out. So next question for the program. Silly, yeah, shout out friend of the show. I think maybe who knows. Uh, but what is the longest bus ride that you've ever had to go on during your baseball career? And kind of tied into that, what's your go-to gas station snack? Longest bus ride I've been on, I believe. Let's see. When I was in Low A in the South, the Sally League, the South Atlantic League, we were in Charleston, South Carolina. And we had to make trips up to Lakeland, New Jersey, and uh, Delmarva, which is, where's Delmarva? Maryland, maybe? So those were around 14-hour trips, 12 to 14-hour trips. So I'd say, I'd say 14 hours on a bus. And then my go-to snack would have to be uh, beef jerky. Ooh, That's go. a great pick. Any particular flavor or just straight up? So... A lot of the time when I come home for the off season, one of my best friends uh, from childhood growing up makes it. So I'll go over to his Shut place up. and we'll dehydrate it, we'll season it, and make that quite a bit. Suck. So hopefully, I've got I've got I've got some that I can uh, reach into my stash whenever I need to. But if I'm getting it from yeah. the gas station, uh, then I'll just go with Jack Links. I mean, you can never go wrong. There you, go. there you go. I hear you. Yeah. Shout, shout out, Jack Lang. Uh, shout out. Yeah, shout out, friends of the show. Yeah. Them and them and Bluebell can can hop on together. Uh, go Habs is on a sponsor. <laughs> okay, so um, you know, outside of outside of you know the obvious, you know, making it to the big leagues. Um, do you have like an ultimate goal in baseball? Is there like like I said, outside of going as far as you can, like, is there a particular goal, right. you know, maybe something you're trying to accomplish, or maybe you want to strike out Vlad Jr., you know, it's anything like that. So my goal, um, my as long as I've had the goal to make it to the big leagues, my goal has been to be able to tell the game of baseball when I'm done playing instead of vice versa. So whenever, regardless of if I spend – you know, another few years in the minor leagues and just get a sniff in the big leagues, or if I get up to the big leagues and have a, you know, a decent career up there, I want to be able to go out on my own terms rather than, you know, the game telling me whenever it's time for me to hang it up. That's a good one. All right, last one. 
Alrighty, so you got this is you might, I don't know if you ever played this game, but you got to fuck one, marry one, kill one, and we'll bleep out. Oh yeah. We'll, for shout out, attorney. Uh, we'll bleep that out. Gotcha. Uh, but so the three are ice cream, cookies, and cake. Oof. All right. There's no long answers. I am fucking cake, marrying cookies, and no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I totally messed it up. Oh, I was am... about to make fun of you. <laughs> I am fucking ice cream, marrying cookies, we'll and killing cake. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Okay. I was going to say, I did it backwards. I knew I did it backwards, but I corrected myself. I'm with you. When ice cream was getting killed, I almost couldn't hold it in, man. I said no hate, but I had to say something about ice cream. Because the last one I thought was cake, because that was third on my list, which is the kill one. Because that was so fresh, that's the first thing that came out. So it just came out right. We got, we got no, it fixed. I'm we got it right. I'll fix it up. That's right. <laughs> Cake is out of here. No question. <laughs> that is gone. I don't need that. All right. So I think, yeah, no one does. Who does, really, when you add ice cream and cookies? Um, but I think we're ready for Fantasy BS. Um, for all you first-time listeners out there, uh, it's our last segment of the podcast. We like doing a fantasy draft of a random topic with our guests. Uh, today's Fantasy BS topic is fast food burgers. We'll be doing three picks mm-hmm. each, and as our guest, Hobie will have the first pick, a recurring guest. Um, also, my friend, uh, Shub, uh, Coach Jacob the Bald Schubert has the second pick, and my friend and my co-host, Ben Gavlik, has the third pick, and just because I've been dominating the, the drafts lately, I'll <laughs> go ahead and go last. I'll let you guys, I'll let you guys get your picks in first. Uh, and then I'll wrap it up with back to back, and and we'll we'll keep it going. So Hobie, why don't you go ahead and start us off, man? Number one, fast food burger. Without second question, without second thought, what a burger! Dang, oh. dang, dang. Yeah, that's okay. that's Shoot, a great you never even, you never even had that. Yes, I have. I had it when I was in Arizona. It's a great choice. It's delicious. I'll take I'll take that to the grave. Shout out, also friends of the program. For me, oh, and shout out, yeah. what a burger. Come on. Yep. We'll get all of them. Oh, yeah. We're, we're rolling in the food and drink category. All right, so, all right, my turn with my first pick. This is going to get, you know, some people love it, some people don't. I think it's pretty good The multiple times I've had it. I'm going to go with In-N-Out. Uh, their burger is pretty good, so that's all I'm going to take. All, all right. right. I'll give you that one. Let's, I've never, I don't think I've ever had it, but that's why I can't really hate on you like I normally would. Exactly. That's fair. I've had in and out. Their burgers are good. Their, their fries are trash, but their burgers are pretty good. Yeah, their fries, really their fries are trash. Yeah, that, that's a good take. Uh, so I got the next pick here. I'm ecstatic that I got this. in and outs good, but I'll take five guys over in and out any day. So, uh, well, I can't believe it, dude. I, I wasn't sure that it I, – I was also surprised that it made it that far, but I was kind of hoping that. at that point that you just wouldn't take it. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I forgot about um, five guys. They weren't even on my yeah, list. I completely lost. Yeah, yeah, we know, because you, you didn't take them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Even if they were, we'll take it. All right, so this one's a little tough, because I just feel like burgers especially, I feel like they're so regional. Um, yeah, they are. I but I'm going to go ahead and go my first two. Thank you for agreeing with me. I'm just trying to defend. I'm pre-defending my picks, so, but I appreciate you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Whatever you so got my there. first one, I'm gonna go 
five guys was taken. That obviously would have been first. I don't you know if you guys have ever had this. <laughs> Apologize. It's taken an hour. <laughs> Apologize. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you just pick already. That's fancy. Yes, Shack. this matters. This is big. Shake Shack is garbage. Yeah. That's an awful play pick. around. All right, Shake Shack. Two. Okay. Maybe yeah. rushing's the reason. Maybe rushing's the reason you never win. Wow. I got food poisoning from Shake Shack. So I have a really good reason to defend that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, okay, so you just got a personal vendetta. No, Shake Shack's fire, though. And then I'm going to go into, this is like the true fast food, like, drive through burger. Uh, well, I'm a big fan of Wendy's, honestly. I think they put out a oh. bacon <laughs> You're fire. a baconator yeah, guy? I, you like the baconator? Oh, am I a baconator guy? I might be one of the biggest baconator guys. I love that. I take it you are as well. Baconator There we go. I was thinking, I, I was thinking I'd be a sleeper. But, you know, it's out, so. Nah, I, I, we might see, I'm glad I took it then, because I was thinking the same thing, but I was also, like, that's a solid, like, like I said, it's like the true fast food, like, pick. I think that's a solid, yeah, solid sure. in that for category. Sure. That's so, going to score high. I like that. I was very excited. I thought Wendy's was going to fall to me as well, but unfortunately, Gil, you know, can't doubt your drafting abilities, so I should have expected that pick. Um, I'm, this is a tough one here. I think I gotta go classic though. I just gotta go with McDonald's. Okay. The, man, I'll tell you what. It gets a lot of hate, but I've never, I, I've never had a Big Mac that like didn't slap for real. It's just the same really pick. Haven't. It's the same pick. A lot of times. And I know for me, I, there are times where I will just crave a Big Mac, and I don't yeah. know why, but I do. So exactly. that's gotta have some merit. It, that's what I'm saying, and I, I feel like people understand that that you'll get, you'll get some. That pick will get its credit. I think McDonald's just gets some flack. That's all. Yeah, I mean, a lot of... But, you know, all the good ones do. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> that's, how you know you're, that's how you know you're great. It's throwing up controversy. A lot of GMs go for, like, Nobody the home run pick. Like, you, sometimes you just got to play it safe, you know? Go with the proven commodity. Yeah, exactly. There has to be... You know, there are more lovers than haters. Oh, yeah. That is true. Thank you. All right, so, back to me. Uh, a lot of guys. Six... Feels like I picked an hour ago after Gil's long ass speech about his pre-defending his picks. Um, but yeah. I'm gonna go. It's, this goes by two different names. I'm pretty sure it's the same menu, same company. Uh, it's either Rallies or Checkers, the same place. Okay. I think it's underrated as, as hell. That's a great uh, place to eat. I think it just scares a lot of people with how it looks because a lot of them are just drive-throughs. Two places. Uh, I'm going two restaurants. No, this, they're the same restaurants. They're called either Rallies or Checkers, depending, <laughs> depending on the locations you break yeah. it. You know that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's the, it's the same corporation. I think. Yeah, same corporation, same menu, and everything. So rallies yeah, or checkers, however yeah. you want to say it, that's what I pick. Yeah, we got a shoe defender. Usually <laughs> we got our guests picking oh. on shoe, but this, this is the first year. It's it's a good change yeah. of pace. He's just a nice guy, I think, uh, just in general. So I think shoe's <laughs> just benefiting from that. <laughs> for whoever benefits, I'm here for it. I'm go. a man of the people. Oh yeah. All right, Hobie, you got a uh, back-to-back picks here. All right, well, I don't know how regional this one is. I've seen it across a couple different states, but uh, I'm going to go with Culver's. Okay, yeah. Oh, Culver's good. Well, All right, so you said that was, that was my sleeper. That was my sleeper. Yes, the Butter Burger. Yeah. Love the Butter oh, Burger. I can't believe you so, took that for real. Got to go with gotta go with Culver's. And then uh, the last one, I'm going to go strictly based on the fact that I had it so many times after games when I was on the East Coast, I'm going to go with cookout. Cookout. 
Oh, we'll bleep both okay. of those out. I, I'm not as familiar, but Shub's reaction lets me know that that <laughs> was a good one. <laughs> if I would have got cookout, he just won all the votes south of Virginia. Anyone who's voting south of Virginia, okay. he just won the vote. Dang. And not only can you get a burger as like the meal, you can also get a burger as your side. So there's something yeah. to be said about that too. Yeah, dude, it's that is impressive. Cause honestly, cause sometimes that's what you want. You don't want fries. You just maybe want like a no. like a smaller burger. Yeah, double up on the good stuff. Yeah, you, it's like you get like an entree and two sides, and you can double up. I'm with you there. Also, I feel like I just went from being a man of the people to being an asshole. <laughs> no, you're, you're still a man. You're all, once a man of the people, always a man of the people. You're always a man of the people. That I love that. It's my my last pick, my famous last pick. Uh, yes. This is, you know, I'm, I'm running out of names, so I'm going to take uh, Go Chick. Go with beef. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not taking Chick-fil-A because that's all chicken. I'm taking Burger King. It's literally the <laughs> Burger King. Uh, so that's why I'm taking my third pick. Very slept on. Uh, you know, yeah. the Whoppers. The name for itself. Yeah, it's the Burger King. I really, I mean, it's the fact that I thought of the third pick for me, it, it's incredible. It's like getting Tom Brady in the sixth round. He's already the king. It's the Burger King. <laughs> I don't know if there's ever a world that I'd compare Tom Brady to Burger King, but I mean, I kind of get what you're that, saying. That's gonna have some hot takes. <laughs> that is gonna have some hot takes. Yeah, Shub's the king well, of hot takes. And you, I was gonna say you would not know this, but that is Shub's specialty. Is to, that comparison right there, Burger King to Tom Brady? That is a textbook. That is a textbook Jacob Schubert opinion, for sure. I'm all about that. Yeah, Shub is, now, whether I agree with it or not, I'm not going to go that far. But you know, I'm about the opinion. Yeah, Shub is the king of hot takes. Two years ago, he predicted Peyton Manning would be the GM of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, that did not happen. He oh, just made yeah. up, made that up. But yeah, <laughs> Shub is often uh, giving his hot takes on the show. He he doesn't lack in hot takes, that's for sure. But um, it's called content. Look it up. Yeah. All right. So my last pick here, I'm gonna have to go with uh, Carl Jr. That's also called Hardee's as well, so like, it's Correct. a little... Correct, yeah. Well, right. but did you see how you only picked one restaurant and not was, two? Right. Just pick your last pick. We don't need an hour-long spiel. <laughs> Let's go. Well, at least I, fo- at least I follow the rules of <laughs> only picking one at a time. Uh, so my last one is going to be uh, Steak and Shake. Mm. Like the double steak burger. Steak. Yes, sir. Uh, the, the sleeper among sleepers since you took one. My goodness, I I'm disappointed in myself for completely blowing steak and shake. I just it, it's all right. Completely I, 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 I'm not disappointed in you if that helps. I appreciate that. <laughs> for what it's worth, phenomenal pick. You can't. I mean, thank you. Phenomenal. Wow. Oh all right, uh, you guys got any honorable mentions? I have three. Um, oh, oh yeah, oh, she has three. Wow. Okay. I think I was lost. I have three. Um, Freddy's, it's kind of like a steak and shake. Um, uh-huh. a-, a and W, it's basically like a restaurant based off the Ruby. I don't know if anyone has one near them, yeah. but we have an A and W fast food place. Uh, they have good burgers. And then, honestly, like I didn't pick this because I didn't know how many people have actually ate actual food at Dairy Queen. But Dairy Queen oh, burgers no. are actually pretty. DQ fine. burgers are good. Man. On my list as well. Yeah. I thought should honestly that. Your honorable mentions might have been better than your regular. It kind of sucks that you wasted your picks like that. Uh, yeah. 
I think, I think Shub did just hit a lot of my honorable mentions. Um, I really don't. I think White Castle just deserves to have their name thrown out there. You know, I think it. I think it's okay that they didn't make it to the draft, but I think they have to be mentioned in a fast food burger debate. Um, you ever had one of those cases, like a case of those sliders? I have not had White Castle. Has anyone ever had Crystal? No, I have yeah. not. I think Crystal is like should be like banned from ever serving food again. I thought that was the worst <laughs> taste of my life. King of the hot takes, Jacob Schumer, back at it again. Shout out Crystal. <laughs> I heard their chicken is better, but their burgers are awful. Their burger slider is miserable. Right. Crystal with a K. Don't ever serve burger sliders ever again. <laughs> well, we'll sponsor the chicken side of Crystal, not the burger side, though. Yeah, yeah right, right, right. Half seas. All right, um, I guess I'll go with my honorable mentions. I don't have too much. Uh, Sonic and uh, Jack oh, in the Box. that's a good one, too. Yeah, those are my two. Sonic and Jack. Sonic and Jack in the Box. My two honorable mentions. Uh, yeah, he took mine with Sonic. I was, I was thinking the same thing. Sonic. I can't, yeah, Sonic. I can't believe I forgot. That was like right by my house growing up. So I had, you know, that was the spot. No doubt. That McDonald's. All right, uh, you guys got anything else? No, nah, man. Hope thanks, thanks for coming on. on. Thank you guys for having me. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, this is awesome. We're we're wishing you the best of luck going forward. Hopefully, you know the league's back before coronavirus cancels it fully. And uh, yeah, we're wishing you the best of luck going forward. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's Kate Weezy, and we back. The rise to the throne. Envy. Yeah. Ben Franklin's. Ben Franklin's. I got so much money, it's like I own a money tree. All these people phonies just wanna be like me. Your baddest girl be all on my D. The stuff you pay for for me, it's free. Because I got Ben Franklin's, I got Ben Franklin's. No need for hatin', I'm not a doctor, I ain't got patience. All I got is papers and a lot of haters. Shout out to my home dog, they all got prayers.